Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Study Something Else. I'm Yahtzee Crowshaw, joined by Marty Sleever. Hello. Marty. Yeah. Remember when Valve made games? I'm going to be honest. Barely. Barely. I have a bad memory at my yeah. age. Uh, barely. Now, as I'm sure most of you know, Valve is a company with a very prestigious backlog of games. Its first yeah. game, its first game was Half-Life. That was mm. their first game. A that's lot a, of companies a... would have just rolled over and decided that was enough at that point. Might as well quit while you're ahead, right? Yeah. But they followed that up with Team Fortress, mm-hmm. uh, Counter-Strike, which were all spin-offs of uh, Half-Life, of course. Half-Life mm-hmm. 2 was their next big tentpole, and yeah. that brought with it the Source Engine, which was used for such classics as Team Fortress 2, Portal, and mm-hmm. Left 4 Dead. Yeah. And after that, they just kind of stopped making games. <laughs> we got Portal 2, and then uh, I don't and then I don't know what happened. And then we got just, a VR game about 10 years later, and then uh, we've gotten some hardware, and that's about it. Let me just check uh, Wikipedia. I mean, we have Dota, which uh, I don't think you or I care about. Dota uh, is a big one. Uh, uh, CSGO. Oh, there's going to be some mad Dota's, Dota boys in here. But uh, I think the the, the reason this kind of came to light now was um, there was a weird story over the weekend that uh, they uh, there was an update to Team Fortress 2 that added yeah. um, some, some like user-created levels as well as some cosmetics and some taunts and stuff. Now this and suddenly... Been, yeah, this would have been barely newsworthy like 10 years ago. Yeah, but suddenly an update to a 15-year-old, 16-year-old game at this point, um, it, it the game hit its all-time peak concurrence. Uh, and so you look at that and we're kind of like, what? <laughs> what happened to this company at a certain point to where they were, uh, you know, for, I would say, a bulk of the of the 2000s, they were at the pinnacle of development. They were up yeah, there. They were, they were up they there were at Mount the, Olympus. They were the PC game developer. Yeah. They like put out a few things and they all like revolutionized the industry. Yeah. I mean there we still get Left for Dead ripoffs to this day. We still get indie games that are portal ripoffs to this day. Yeah, I mean you we were just well, you might be talking about one soon. You know, we have a game like Viewfinder coming out, which is clearly inspired by uh Portal and yeah. uh, what Half Life and Half Life Two did to revolutionize, you know, first person shooters and stories and in first person games. Um their uh team fortress 2 creating kind of the modern hero shooter like their their influence is um indisputable but you just look yeah. and you wonder like what's what's been going on what's what's going on inside valve well what might have been part of it is the fact that they own steam which is yes. the reason why none of them ever have to do any work again yeah it's uh unlimited passive income right yeah it's like it, the it still never stop still the most popular digital pc distribution game system for all its absolute lack of curation mm-hmm. that means absolute torrents of anime porn games come out every minute of every day yeah that's definitely there's if we made a big list of what's wrong with valve that would be one of the things on that list like ooh, this isn't good i think valve for the longest time have been trying to come up with ways for steam to just run itself maybe because they want yeah. to get back to making actually making games but it's kind of a lost cause I mean, yeah. when everyone was complaining about how it, it just, it's just a torrent of shovelware every minute of every day, they came up with the Steam Curator system where mm-hmm. uh, random Steam users could just recommend a list of games. Yeah. But it's 
not quite the same as anything with an official stamp, if you ask me. No, and I understand it's uh, it's impossible to manually play the tens, hundreds of thousands of games on Steam. I don't know how many games are on Steam, but the you know the the, the amount of games that are on Steam that get published every day, every week, well, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of impossible to well. To it manually seems like those. well, it feels like most publishers somehow manage to actually play the games they publish before they publish them. Yeah, I guess it's less the, you know, you don't worry about the games with publishers, you worry about the games that are, like, blatantly racist or homophobic or clearly dealing with matter where you're like, this isn't even like, yeah. uh, oh, this is free speech. It's like, why does this game exist? Like, this this doesn't need to be on there. Um, and you can only and ever really lock the stable door after the horse is bolted at that point. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because they've... Uh, you know, while while through the two thousands, I, I would say Valve, like we like we mentioned, that was a in terms of game developers, they were they were uh, at the at the top of the mountain. Over the past ten years, over the twenty tens, the company they remind me the most of is Google, and <laughs> that's not what I want from well, a company that, like Valve. Well, that fits because Gabe Newell was famously a Microsoft millionaire. Yep, <laughs> very <laughs> in, very entrenched in the West Coast tech sphere. Yeah. Yeah, and famously, um, you know, Valve, uh, I don't know if it was always like that, or at least after that incredible run of games, they um, sort of transitioned to a, a flat management structure, which I guess there is no management structure. It's, it's yeah. there's no bosses. We move our desks around, and we choose what we want to work on, and we follow yeah. the inspiration, um, except that a lot of the, the reports of former employees say, like, well, that's not really true like on paper there's no bosses but there's clearly bosses and yeah. so people are able to you know say i'm a boss when it matters and uh, when they don't want to be a boss they can wipe their hands clean and be like well i'm not a boss you can't you can't point that at me i think part of the reason why they just sort of stopped putting stuff out was the pressure to live up to their previous uh successes i suppose because if you because yeah. uh what i know happen to know about valve is that they're always uh, working on stuff in their cabal system. Very little of it sees the light of day. Sure. I mean, when I yeah. was visiting their office, I was shown like 12 different prototypes for shit that various mm -hmm. teams were working on. But, yeah, uh, we've gotten we've gotten glimpses at a lot of those of of, of uh, failed attempts at a yeah. Half-Life Episode 3 or Half-Life 3 or continuations to that universe. And the thing about Half-Life and Left 4 Dead and Portal and Team Fortress is they weren't just good games. All of them sort of pushed gaming and gaming tech into new ways that has been previously untrod and i think when you have that reputation and when mm -hmm. technology for gaming has generally plateaued uh you find yourself in the difficult position of not really being able to revolutionize anything anymore so that's why they've there's they've been quite a bit of focus on vr and uh, steam deck hardware in the games they have mm -hmm. actually put out yeah. Apogee Desk Job was their last official release, which was to yeah. show off the Steam Deck functionality. Before that yeah. was Half-Life Alex, exclusively for VR. Yeah, which of incredibly well-received games, a game that a lot of people said is is probably the the pinnacle of uh, of in terms of big VR you know campaign-driven shooters. Except that ultimately the the just the very nature of VR means it had very little impact just because not very many people play VR and it's you know well, yeah i mean it's um, a, it's a uh, it's a perfectly high effort game it certainly yeah. feels like a half life game sure. if you've if you've never played it and you're a half life fan you're missing out yeah because it's uh, absolutely part of that canon and uh, there's so much effort to it there's so much little like touches 
they, they were clearly working on it for a very long time it's uh, got funny bits it's got good characters it's solid it's a it's a portal it's a half-life but no one can play it because no one's got vr yeah and of course someone's gonna be like wow i have vr we don't mean no one as in no one we mean no one as in in the grand scheme of people who have gaming pcs or consoles relatively no one has vr um it'd yeah. be like releasing like an incredible star wars movie that's only viewable at disneyland and you're like well that's cool how many people can yeah. make it to Disneyland and, and watch this movie? Um, and at and time, yeah. it, at the time Half Life came out, there was a lot of ground to uh, still discover in video games. Like yeah. 3D, 3D graphics were still uh, evolving. Mm-hmm. It was Valve. It was Half Life that pioneered skeletal animation that uh, revolutionized the 3D engine first developed for Quake. Mm-hmm. For before Half Life, 3D accelerated graphics always had this weird wibbly wobbly thing going on. If you've ever played Kingpin Life of Crime, all the yeah. 3D models just wobble about like they're all made of jelly. Yeah, yeah. And then even, you know, moving past that with physics engines and with Half-Life 2, so many of the puzzles relying yeah. on like, oh my god, look, the world reacts to, I can create a seesaw with these with these cinder blocks and with these It was barrels. still relatively new for a 3D uh, polygon world to look like a realistic world. And Half-Life 2 managed that. But these days, that's kind of old hat. Graphics text plateaued. Yeah. So where can you go? So they've been like uh, putting their money behind uh, potential, you know, quantum leaps in video gaming tech, but none of which have really taken. Yeah, and that's where kind of the, the Google thing comes to mind. Like, uh, you know, they remember the Steam controller. There, there was a big to do in like what twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen about how they're going to revolutionize the way that we interact with our video games. And they came out with a controller that some people liked, but I still think it was kind of it was kind of like you could play strategy games on your couch. And I'm like, I don't know. Does anyone want to play strategy games on their couch? Aren't strategy games meant for like bent backed looking over your, looking over your desk? I don't think you're ever going to like revolutionize controls at this point, just because gaming is so widespread. Everyone has their own different preferences. There's nothing yeah. that, every, that there's nothing absolutely everyone's going to say. This is absolutely what we need now. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people insist on playing first person shooters with a an Xbox controller. And that such people are obviously insane. Genuine pioneers. Listen, you're going to release your game on consoles. I was watching my wife playing Psychonauts 2 with mouse and keyboard last night, and I thought she was nuts as well. That's that's insane. That's way worse than the controller thing. Um, It's also... uh, uh, Steam Deck has been an interesting thing because there's nothing new about the Steam Deck. It's just Valve taking... Yeah, exactly. And it, but it's just them taking like, all right, you already have a library filled with a shit ton of Steam games that a lot of which you probably got cheap because they also they didn't pioneer the idea of the sale. But especially mm-hmm. in the early days of Steam, like you could make out like a like a bandit. You know, that's where the joke of like the the unopened Steam library of the the massive backlog came from. Like Valve is is single handedly responsible for a lot of people's you know hundred game backlog. And they've always um, been yeah. very friendly to modders as well, which is uh, they have the good guys in the PC gaming world. Yeah, so that's one of the interesting things is Valve seems to get uh, seems to almost have a lifetime pass with a lot of people. Of no matter what mm. you do, you are Valve. You gave us Half Life. You gave us Steam. You gave us the Orange Box, which I would say, arguably, alongside Mario All Stars, might be the single greatest game compilation thing ever um 
Or maybe that's the, that's what's giving that's causing the pressure. Maybe that's why they felt okay. Let's just not put anything out anymore, and then we can retire with a perfect record. Because all it takes is one bad game, and then you're only as good as the last thing you do, eh? Yeah. I mean, arguably, they released a bad game uh, a couple of years ago, right? In the uh, what was it? Artifact. That was yes, the, the card yes. game that pretty much just failed, which is well, kind of like people just forget about. I guess, yeah. Well, that was sort of a niche thing, as collectible card games and Dota 2 often are. Yeah, and they tried to, I, but I, I specifically remember Gabe Newell saying that that artifact was going to do for card games what Half-Life 2 did for first-person shooters, which um, yeah, that was yeah. that was not that, that was not true. Uh, well, you kind of have to say that if you're trying to push the thing. That's yeah. Just, that's just marketing speak. Yeah. See, even yeah. now, I, I have a knee-jerk reaction to defend Valve and Gabe Newell. I mean, when, you know, I've arguably I've Valve him, helped... Though. Valve, that's right. Are you close personal friends with Gaben? Not really. We don't, like, talk a lot or anything. But uh, I did shake his hand. He did invite me to visit the office after I reviewed the orange box. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sponsored my uh, green card application. Or was it my uh, Alien of Extraordinary Ability visa? Which is the coolest fucking... I, well, that yeah. is the coolest title any, yeah, anyone can have. It's pretty cool to know you're in the country under an alien of extraordinary ability. Yeah. Not that's cool ex- that you have to renew that about, like, every yeah, so often for fear of being sent away. That's long expired. I've just got a dowdy old marriage-related green card now. <laughs> but when I was getting an alien with extraordinary ability visa, Gabe ne- I approached Gabe Newell to give me a reference, and he happily complied, and that was very nice. That's a very that's a very good person to get a reference from yeah well you just well basically to get that that specific visa which is the visa for like hollywood celebrities and big shot yeah. screen directors and stuff you've got to go as high as your contact network can go yeah you pretty much have to say i am so good at my job no american can do this job yeah and so and like, can, okay. and gabe newell was certainly at the peak of the video game industry yeah would I think I would Game Duel have the same sway now that they haven't released the game? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> my one of my other sponsors was Cliffy B, incidentally. <laughs> I like that you just went to like gaming gaming luminaries. Well, Did you not I, ask Kojima? Well, Kojima's not American. That probably wouldn't help. No, that wouldn't have held. <laughs> if you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Uh, but so yes. you, you, you goofed earlier about how, how you found yourself even defending Valve. Uh, but Valve, like, they have like pockmarks on the record and maybe not in terms of games but like you could argue that they helped normalize microtransactions in games right yeah with 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 the with the you know stuff like steam workshop and cosmetics and and um sort of monetizing well, yeah, the intangible bloody... things in games well that's uh like a whole separate rant that uh, i have relating to team fortress 2 hats that that but... shit killed team fortress 2 for me i used to play team fortress 2. i actually used to play multiplayer games if you can believe that oh my god i, a, I don't 
I was a big Team Fortress Classic player back in the 90s on a 56k modem, no less. You yeah. had to sort of try to react two seconds before things happened. Yeah. You had to, you uh, had to see into the future. And I played TFT for quite a while. I was a medic main mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes diversified into pyro if we needed more of an offensive presence. Uh, but uh, I can pinpoint the exact moment I stopped playing Team Fortress 2, and it was the point they brought out the medic update, where they started introducing alternative weapons for the, each class, and uh, okay. achievements that, if you ground up, you could get uh, optional extras for the class. And of course, the first class they did that with was the medic. So the next day, I joined a server, and like the every fucking player on the team was a medic, trying to grind up the achievements. So I just sort of stopped. I got bored, didn't want to play anymore. And never went back. And that's just become, that's just common now in games, right? Is like sort of yeah. the, the second jobbing of these multiplayer games of like people don't log into Fortnite or Destiny or any of these games because they enjoy the moment to moment gameplay. They do it because they're like, well, I got to go through my checklist. I got to do my chores for the day or week and I got to make well, sure. And there's this sense of FOMO if you don't get it done. Isn't that modern AAA gaming in a nutshell? Yeah, and look and look who is right at the forefront of it. Our almighty, our almighty Valve. Uh, there's also the um, you know Valve is is uh, a prime example of sort of the deification we have of companies and corporations and individuals, and you have this weird. Um, um, sort of tribalism that you see so even in the console side you see that with all this Microsoft Activision bullshit that's going on of people being like yes Phil Spencer's doing it for us and other people being like no Sony now you need to buy Sega and Square Enix and it, it just feels like this um, there's this this sense of like you're you're cheering for millionaires which I guess makes sense because that's what happens in sports but it's like you don't need to be a cheerleader for for these millionaires who are ultimately looking out for their bottom line david um, beckham never gave me access to every indie game in the world <laughs> he did not he did not uh he did give us the hit film bendit bendit like beckham he did not actually give us that film i think his just name was in the movie so he didn't yeah. actually give us although uh, i probably probably cashed in a packet for that fact i'm sure he was just fine with it yeah but um yeah yeah you see that and, and um i i always wonder why it seems like Valve doesn't get the same level of scrutiny as the rest of these, as a as a you know Nintendo, a PlayStation, a, um, a Microsoft. Even though they are, they feel ostensibly like a first party because although you know, I guess you could buy a Steam Deck or like a Steam Box or whatever those were, but like chances are you even see with people being like, oh, this game's coming to Epic. I don't want to download the free Epic game of the month. I want to play on Steam. Like they've they've cornered the market. Like Steam is ubiquitous okay. with with PC gaming. And so um it's it's interesting that like we mentioned earlier, Valve just I you don't you think of them as a game developer in the past tense. Now you don't think mm-hmm. of them as a game developer in the present tense, which is baffling because the talent is still there and like one of the things that that irked me um was in 2018 they acquired campo santo the developers of firewatch and it was after campo santo had already revealed their second game a follow-up to firewatch called in the valley of gods which is going to be like a first person story driven exploration game set in egypt uh looks really cool acquired by valve the game has never been mentioned again, and the Campo Santo folks just went to work on Half-Life Alex. So they did 
ostensibly help get a single player game across the finish line. But they did it by by killing a game I was really excited for. And now what happens next is a giant question mark. Um, and it's it's I don't know, it's just really a bummer to me when you look at in the time between Portal 2 in 2011 and uh, Half-Life Alex in 2020. So those are the two single player games that 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 was the span of time it took for single player games uh, at Valve in that span of time. A developer like Naughty Dog, whatever your opinion on Naughty Dog might be, they made uh, Uncharted 3, they made The Last of Us, they made Left Behind, they made Uncharted 4, they made Uncharted The Lost Legacy, and they made The Last of Us Part 2. And I'm just... Left Behind was the um, the little DLC thing, like the the Last of Us DLC thing where it took place in the mall with Ellie and Riley. Um, And so, whatever your opinion are on those games, like them, hate them. Oh, I was thinking of Left Alive. That was oh, that really God. that was that really terrible game that they got the Metal Gear Solid artist to do. I was going to say they had the the Yoshishin the art the, yeah the art was really cool left alive. Um, they released all those games and you're like Valve, what do we? I don't know. Like, would, I don't. Would we be better off if Valve at least consistently released sevens and eights instead of releasing nothing? Like, I I get the need to be like. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I I understand that they don't want to tarnish their their perfect game, but at a certain point, like you, you got to do something, right? You got to release something. Well, they do. They maintain Steam, and that's gonna yeah. earn the brownie points forever because that's basically how everyone plays PC games. Yeah. I mean, I play basically all my PC games through Steam, so we're kind of stuck with that. What's the over-under on Microsoft buying Valve at some point? I mean, would it be eventually when Gabe Newell wants to retire? Which I feel like he's ostensibly retired. Like He's he's pretty old now. He's, got, he's probably either going to retire or die pretty soon. Pretty old. He's a fucking gajillionaire. Um, I don't think he's making, like, he wasn't developing you know half-life alex those were those were no he was probably just uh, collecting knives yeah he does like a lot of his knives um but i'm yeah i'm curious of what like if there was a leadership change if there was uh uh you know if there was uh some sinister corporation got their hands on steam they do well yeah yeah because valve like you know they're not a publicly traded company but at a certain point, I'm sure people would be like, fuck it, let's cash out, let's <laughs> let's end this. Um, and I don't know, like, would that ultimately be good? If you're a publicly traded company, then you're beholden to make things as opposed to, I don't know. I guess, again, with that well, massive money, just infinite money from, from Steam and from fucking cosmetics in CSGO and cosmetics in uh, uh, Team Fortress and Dota and stuff, does it matter? Well, well it's a slippery slope. I mean, uh, being obliged to put stuff out, that feels like a highway to corporate churn. And yeah. like if, you, if you're still, I'm not sure if this is the policy, but if it is, if you're still adhering to some policy of we only put stuff out when it's ready and when we know it's damn good, then there's something to be celebrated in that, even if it takes like 15 years for them to put an actual game out. Half-Life Alex was uh, uh, pretty good. 
Sure, yeah. Not, no one's arguing that their stuff's not good, but like, and if I was, what is if I was like getting, if I was getting infinite money, then and I was had any sort of artistic integrity, you're damn straight. I would be focusing on making the best possible thing I could make because all like pressure is off at that point, which can be good or bad. Sure. I mean, if there's no pressure, then you, you will take something like 15 years to produce something like Leonardo da Vinci took like 15 years to put out The Last Supper or something yeah. insane like that. But he could, you know, he had the reputation. He could he could afford to wait. He had his patrons. Um, yeah, and I get, well, what is uh, per- perfection is the enemy of progress? Um, perfection is the enemy of the good, I believe, is the usual term. Uh, oh, I think I like to just, I like to take a good Churchill quote and just fuck it up. Uh, but, like, is it, I, I almost feel like it's more impressive to just get shit done. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm torn because part of me is like the, 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 the artist, the, the, the romantic in me says, yes, take as long as you want and only release it when, when you feel like it's ready. And then part of me looks at people who I'm like, I don't know, fucking Martin Scorsese makes a movie every three years and sometimes they're masterpieces and sometimes they're fine. But why, why can't we, why can't more people be like that? Why can't more people just be, be banging things out like that? And I get that it's a massive company with a lot of tendrils and, and See, if they were very an, secretive. If they were like a small indie developer and they were taking like 15 years to make a game, I'd worry they were doing that thing where they put too much of themselves into the game rather than just hammering out some functional stuff. I think it would it would be like a Bob's game scenario or that Horace yeah. game. Scenario. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, that feels like excessive polish. But for some reason, if it's like a company of people doing that, you'd think they'd keep each other in check, you know? Yeah, but like ultimately, if you if you're not releasing art, are you an artist? Can you say you're an artist if you're not releasing art? I know there's like a much you could say that as the maintainers of Steam, they are patrons of the arts. They're curators, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. A curator, if it's a museum that contains absolutely everything and anyone can hang stuff up on the walls and all the security guards are asleep. Yeah, they've created the Mall of America. It's fine. Um, That's just graffiti, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> a museum that literally anyone can contribute to. It's yeah. called the concrete expanse under the bridge. Part of me wonders if they expected VR to really take off by now, which it clearly hasn't. VR is still extremely niche. And part of me wonders if when they were getting into it and when 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 Oculus and when Facebook and when all these companies were getting into VR, I don't think they thought it was going to be this this long game. I think they thought, I mean, PlayStation, I'm sure the same way with PSVR 1 and 2. I think they thought that by now this would be like, there would be a paradigm shift. And it's clear that paradigm shift not only hasn't happened yet, but who's to say it ever will? Um, I think if if they can get the technology small enough that it doesn't like hang off your head like a big sack of potatoes. Yeah. And it can all be wireless. And you can just casually slip it on and get to game in without having to worry about all the extra bollocks of like putting cameras around the room and making sure, sure they're all plugged in. They then want it to I be think, as simple as like putting on a pair of sunglasses, right? Like that's ultimately the barrier yeah. to entry. Then I think that would be viable. I don't think it would replace gaming. No. 
it would uh, because for one thing, VR only really improves a first-person game experience, and there are many other different kinds of games. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, sometimes there's you not too many different bit... kinds of games that they make. Well, sometimes you want to play like XCOM. You want to play something abstract where you're just a controller with a, a bunch of. Uh, looking down upon the things you're overseeing you couldn't play theme park in vr and sometimes that's what you want or a side-on platformer yeah they try to do that with the uh yeah they've tried they've fucking tried (laughs) and then it's just and they just have this thing where you're some kind of like this sort of omnipotent omnipotent all-seeing giant watching a little character jumping along and it feels awkward like you're sitting in the bath watching a spider trying to get out of the plug hole what uh I like the term plug hole a lot. Plug hole? <laughs> yeah. Pl- I just called it a drain. Hole. I like plug hole is, uh, it, it made me feel, it's a, it's a visceral feeling to hearing plug hole. Plug hole. Um, what do you, uh, what, what, what do you say to the, the curse of threes of the fact that um, Valve can't deliver a third, which has been a goof, but also when you look at uh, Half-Life, Team Fortress, Portal, Left 4 Dead, um, has kind of been true. Do you think that just uh, that weaves in with what you mentioned before of sort of the we're not going to put this out unless it's a paradigm shift? I think it's and... a hit to their status as artists that they never put out a Half-Life 3. I mean, Half-Life 1, even that wasn't like a hugely well-written story. It yeah. was an amazing tech and gameplay experience. Mm-hmm. The story was... Well, you know, it wasn't bad, but uh, it was sometimes... Okay, I think I once said that Half-Life games kind of feel like the story was written by someone with Asperger's Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that it sometimes has this weird approach to human emotion. I mean, especially more in Half-Life 2, I'd say, where mm-hmm. like the world has been like turned into this hideous dystopia and everyone's still just sort of casually joking about with their pet headcrabs. And I think they they struggle with really emotional storytelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did Portal, but that was just funny. They hired some very funny writers who made a yeah. very funny game. Yeah, yeah. The same with Team Fortress Two, I guess. Like uh, they, it was comedy, and that uh, did the job. Uh, of Which is hard to do in games, right? Yeah, but. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't put Half-Life up there with like a Silent Hill 2 in terms of emotional storytelling. Yeah, it's funny because... And I think the fact that like they just left it on a cliffhanger without doing Half-Life 3 and have all but said they're not going to do it just uh, further illustrates that that aspect of it is less important to them. It's kind of shitty, in my opinion. Like, I don't have... I I appreciate Half-Life... I'm definitely enjoying uh, our our replay with Casey. Which oh my god, last how, week. Yeah, how, how we, far are we've you been, in that now? We've been trying. So we've been trying to take this gnome uh, across the entire game, and we've we've been doing it. Uh, except at one point, we had to leave him behind a door with uh, with Alex and with whoever the fuck the the little alien dude is. We had to go on this long roundabout thing and then open the door for them to come through. But the door wouldn't stay open for long enough for us to be able to get the gnome back and so uh-huh. casey had to create a, a a series of pallets 
that would lean against the door so that when he hit the button, the pallets would be in the way of Alex and the alien dude. And so it would take them a little longer. And then he had to run around to the door. And <laughs> right at the last second before the door closed, he used the gravity gun to get Dave. And it was uh, the most remarkable moment of my life. Probably easier ways we could have done that. There but, were probably uh, easier ways we could have done it, but it was my favorite gaming moment of the year. Uh, we, we we hit a part where we um, we got in. We we just been driving with our with our jeep across us. Me, Alex, or uh, Gordon, Alex, and the gnome have been driving uh, in our car, and we just got to a new sec- a new settlement of of soldiers or dudes. I don't yeah. actually know what's going on in this game. If I'm being You'll honest, I don't know what our goal is. You'll spend a lot of time in that car, uh, which is not great because David does not want to sit in the car. David, uh, David's physics do not uh, interact well with the car, and well, he does not want to be in well, the car. Well, that's why it's a Chivo to get <laughs> David all the way through the game. Uh, mm-hmm. We're doing it, though. We're doing it. You know what you have to do to get the Chivo, right? I think someone mentioned something about putting him in a rocket in a silo. Yeah, you have to put him in so a we rocket. Were, so We were told to space. keep an eye on a silo. Yeah. Oh, my God. What if the next game is just David in space? That would be, that would be very exciting. Um, but no, uh, sorry, I went on a tangent. If I was a hardcore fan of Half-Life and the story and the mythos, and you get to the end of episode two, and they fucking never continue it. And I guess 15 years later, they make Alex with which retcons some stuff. It's kind of, yeah. I'd be kind of peeved, right? Like, that's like, that's, I guess that's like being a Game of Thrones fan, right? Where it's like, is, are you going to finish this story? I, I think after um, 15 years, we were all sort of burned out with expectations. So we just went, oh, whatever. Yeah. We'd I mean, I also... terms with the fact that we're probably never seeing the story get resolved. I also think that in... I think the story of Half-Life 2 stood out for its time. And I think in the 15 years since, storytelling has... There have been some phenomenal stories in games in the um AAA has some AAA games have stepped up uh the rise of indie games have definitely stepped up and delivered some some incredible stories and so it feels like <laughs> maybe that pressure to the longer they wait that pressure to deliver something that is generationally defining gets harder gets, gets heavier and heavier and at a certain point it's just impossible yeah, like like that... like we've said, like those moments of awe, the Mario sixty four moment of awe, the Half Life two moment of awe, the Doom moment of awe. Like we're probably not going to get one of those again. Well, like I said, if the text plateaued, and when Valve yeah. was, uh, had a reputation as an innovator in tech, uh, they can't really compete now that it's more about innovation in ground level gameplay and emotional storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I... yeah. All right. Well, guess we've. Uh... We figured it out. Hope that helps, Valve. We solved it. We solved Valve's problems. Just uh, hire some emotional story writers. There you go. They did. They hired the guys who wrote Firewatch and Telltale's The Walking Dead, and then they canned their game. Well, but they probably paid them a lot of money. I don't blame them. If Valve wants to pay me a lot of money to go there and not make a game, I'll gladly do that. I'll move. I'll move to Kirkland, Bellevue. I don't know which place they're in. One of those places. Bellevue. They're in Bellevue. Bellevue. Okay. Well, anyway, let's go to Super Chats, shall we? Hello, Super Chats. Give us your opinion on Valve. Give us your opinion on on what you think's going on over there. Also, our current funding goal, Adventures Nigh, Side Quest, mm. Season 3. Part 3? Side Quest 3? I don't know what we call it, but there's a new Side Quest coming. Yeah, 
I mean, it's pretty bold, considering you haven't even seen actual season three yet. But uh, uh, trust us, it's good. People are going to see it soon. Very soon. Oh, yes. On the 22nd, actually. For oh, my August. God, that's so soon. I know. It's next week. Holy smoke. Holy smokes. Would it be fair to say that uh, there's a certain association with Valve's image between them and the image of the incel tech nerd PC gamer? I mean, you like I was talking about that that deification of of, yeah. of, of a rich libertarian man and the and the company the multi billion dollar company he's funded or he's pe- he's founded. Um, the people who unironically use the term PC master race. Yeah. People Look what you've like done. The guy who is uh, your weapon specialist in Dave the Diver. Uh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Exactly. Yeah, see, that's the sort of person I think of when I think of people who aren't very good at emotional storytelling. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. The war boss of Corn, member for 13 months in Tip Jar. And then just after that said, looking forward to more escapist stuff. Well, you won't have to look forward for long. We got so much escapist stuff. Oh my god, everyone's everyone's cooking. Everyone's making stuff. Yeah. We got, we got videos, we got articles, we got strands. Oh boy. We're at the top of our games and we're ready to fire. I thought you were going to say we're ready to sell out. We're, sell. Come, we're spitting truth and mixing metaphors all over the place. <laughs> that was good. Zaratha gives five R dollars and says they wanted to make Half-Life 3, but hunt down the Freeman got the entire company depressed. Now they don't have the heart for it anymore. Salute. I, just, right. I feel like we have to... Casey and I are going to have to play Hunt. hunt. Well, Is that, that long? Is it... Can we just play uh, it for like 20 minutes? It's pretty long. Is it but really that, was, that bad? How is, yeah, it, how, how is it so bad? Well, I guess you need the full context. It's like Valve have apparently lost so much interest in maintaining their own intellectual property that they will happily just let an indie team put out a really atrociously bad Half-Life fan story with the official Half-Life stamp on it without, uh, you know, just sort of waving them through without a care. Does it cost money? Yeah. Yeah, you have to pay money for it. So this, these people are making money? But I guess Valve is also making money off of it, right? By virtue well, of Steam. Yeah, but it's uh, an enormous tarnish to the Half-Life legacy. I feel like there has to be a happy medium between... Nintendo being grossly litigious and Valve being so well, laissez-faire. Well, it, all it would have taken was someone at Valve just playing it for five seconds. I mean, fair enough, they can't play every single game, but this has the fucking Half-Life IP attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Five seconds said, this shit sucks ass. You can't have our name. But they couldn't yeah. even be bothered to do that. And that's what you know makes it symbolic of the fall of Valve in many people's eyes. Yeah. But anyway, BS Marsh gives $5 and says, thanks for all the great work. Thank you, BS Marsh. Thank you for being great. Wesley Thomas gives 10 Canadian dollars and says, you speak of the before times, the long, long ago. My father's father told us that Valve made games once. He also spoke of Half-Life 3, but then he had to go away when he talked about it too much. I'm trying to think of other... Like... Are, are there any other studios that have just hit the highs of Valve and then been like, man, we're probably not going to continue doing this. Like, there's plenty of examples of studios who've 
been at the top of the top of the pile and then released stuff and got knocked down pegs. You see that with CD Project. You've seen that with uh, with Bioware, with Thesda, with probably going to see that soon with Rocksteady, with Ubisoft, with Rare. Um, but they just keep they just keep swinging, and sometimes they come back from it. Maybe that's the reason Valve doesn't want to do it. They keep seeing uh, like everyone's everyone's favorites eventually get knocked down a peg and they're like well we don't want to get knocked down a peg we want to stay up here well that's what happens when you keep forcing yourself to put stuff out i suppose that's what ubisoft did they just kept chipping their own rep- i used to really like them as a developer and publisher back when they were oh yeah they were it's a pleasure sense of time but then yeah they just kept putting out shitty assassin's creed games and now they're just one of the bad guys no they're not one of the bad guys because star wars outlaws is star wars scoundrels i don't know what that game is called but i'm excited for the star wars game I'm so excited for it. I don't know what its name is. We belong dead. <laughs> we get every everything. We deserve everything bad that happens to us. Ian DiMartino, member for 12 months in early access, says, with AI being added to games, is Mogworld coming? Well, AI's always been in games, Ian DiMartino. Although I guess I sure. see what you mean. AI, the, the thing that people are calling AI now that just generates art and text, that's just... A glorified autofill. Yeah, it's machine frankly. That's learning. that's not yeah. really intelligent in no. AI we're talking about. Because the plot of Mogworld, my first book, of course, was that uh, the uh, AI NPC characters in a video game were procedurally generated over thousands of simulated years, and the developers accidentally made themselves aware by doing that. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So uh, not quite the same thing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So you're probably all right. Yay. Uh, Sup gives five Canadian dollars. Says, it seems to me they're only interested in making games when there's new tech to experiment with, i.e. Half-Life Alex release on VR. Yeah, well, if you were a huge tech nerd and you had all the money in the world, you'd probably get bored of the same old shit. You'd probably want to uh, invest some of your limitless quantities of money into a sort of like, you know, commercial isolation chamber that you fill with liquid oxygen and then float in the middle of playing the matrix <laughs> i mean like you i uh, for a second i went to like the back to tanks in star wars and then i went to the the weird floating salt pools in minority report but yeah i, I get what you're saying yeah what do you do i think at a certain point at a certain point you get so rich that you stop being creative right like that you stop under like the hunger goes away i think at some point uh, if you're at that position basically everything you put out is just going to get a platoon of yes men and lick spittles going oh it's the best oh it's the best don't change a thing it's great and then yeah, you sort of yeah. lose touch with your creative muse because you feel yeah. like there are no more hurdles to to uh to conquer i feel like if i had that money i would just be like come pitch me a cool idea and if i like the idea i will fund the idea Hmm. But then I I'd have also to do don't have that money and I don't. Then I'd have to do lots of work. 
No, you could like sit on a throne and eat grapes and cheese. Well, maybe someone I, want, come. I still want to create things because I'm a creative and that's what drives me. But if once, once, once you got a a bee in front of your aliens, it's not you're not. I don't. I don't well, know if I don't if think I, if a billionaire, actually. billions and I didn't need to make money. I'd just spend all my time just knocking out experimental game concepts on itch.io or something. I don't see I, the thing is I don't know if you would. I feel like that once you have that amount of money, you, you like you you are forever changed as a human. You are you are mentally different. Well, you're forever a sort of black hole in the sort of capitalist chart. Yeah. yeah and I guess will, it's different if you, like if you have a billion dollars, money will just keep coming to you whether you want it to or not. Yeah. That's why you just got to be like George Lucas. Well, it's a, a weird uh, hermit who <laughs> lives in the forest and uh, yeah, it's fine. Just Do you think makes, he's ever going to make a movie again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what he does these days. I just got went as far hangs as out. weird hermit living in the northern California forest. Probably just hangs out. Probably playing a lot of Team Fortress too. I I imagine he has a lot of hobbies. I imagine he likes putting together Lego Dacta. <laughs> Probably has entire rooms. I want to know. Entire wings of his mansion devoted to hobbies he took up for like two weeks and then lost interest in. I would. He just collects hobbies. I would. I don't give a shit about reality TV. I would watch a show that is just what. George, like, what is George Lucas up to? Like, what, like, what is he doing? Like, I think what's be a lot his... of, you'd see him pottering around the house a lot. Did you watch movies? Like, I assume. I mean, the guy. I assume the guy was a famous movie director because he was interested in movies. Sure, yeah, and he made movies that were very much inspired by the movies he liked. But like, I just, I don't know. I just can't imagine. There are funny. There's like those images of him, like after the prequel, after he made the prequels, he's just sitting in like a mall food court eating Burger King. I'm like, mm. oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to do that now and again. Just because yeah. I have nostalgia for eating fast food in the food court all the times I yeah. did that when I lived in Australia. There you go. If I had a billion dollars, I'd just I'd uh, I'd enter, re-energize the mall industry. You've gotten away from the malls of the 80s and 90s. No, you won't be malls. tearing people away from their homes now. No. That ship has sailed. Wait till they see what I have in store for my mall. An Auntie Anne's pretzel? An Orange Julius? How are you going to stay away? A Walden oh, books? But you'd have no way to, you're staying away. You have to walk there. Suncoat? No, then it, uh, I would I could have just a mall. order Orange Julius to my house. No, it would be a mall, but it would also contain all of those moving walkways from airports. That would only work if the moving walkways also led to everybody's house. Uh, you can live at the mall. <laughs> it's a mall slash apartment complex. Oh, you're going to do Walt Disney's original vision for Epcot, where it was going to be it's an the actual... the city of the future. An actual community where people lived. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my God, living above a Sparrows? Being with that Sparrows smell? Sparrows? I used to live in a apartment building that was like above a coffee shop. I'd go down and See? get a coffee every morning. See? You feel like uh, you're like you're a regular in a sitcom. It's very nice. Okay. I mean, they did uh, eventually learn to recognize me in my regular order. See? Did everyone like clap? Was there like a laugh and a clap track when you, when you came in? Like when Kramer entered an apartment? No, but uh, I did tell them that I was moving away to a different area and I probably wouldn't be coming to this coffee shop anymore. And they were really Aww. sad. Oh, that's when the the audience went. Ah, 
Yes. And we had one of those episodes where, like, they show the bar when it's dark and all the chairs are on the tables, and one character just stops at the door and looks wistfully around. <laughs> Turns off the lights. Yeah. A very special episode of Yahtzee's Coffee Shop. And then leaves, and then the credits roll over silence. Oh, that's pretty good. Anyway. Don't worry, we're going to come back in the mall. Everything's fine. Fungus Finder gives $2 and says, Standards are not a bad thing. Valve is critical. Well, if they went away, we'd all be upset, I suppose, because Steam would go away. I think my, my problem is I feel like there's, we are saying you either turn things out on a, on a yearly basis, like Madden and, and Call of Duty, or you're Valve and you only shoot for perfection. And I feel like there needs to be something in the middle there. You are the one who's saying we've, we've, we've lost the middle ground. We need, to, we need to find the middle ground. Who do you think, what developer do you think is is the best at uh maintaining a cadence and delivering quality at the same time that's a tough one um, i have an answer these I days think... maybe someone like insomniac insomniac would be would be up there i think super giant in terms of indies ah, they've released yeah. four games every two or three years a piece all four of them have been pretty interesting. We actually have a, yeah. there's a, a question related to one. I was looking for like a AAA example. And as you can imagine, that was very difficult. Yeah. Right. Where were we? Uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars. Says, would be cool if Valve at least had an indie presence like Devolver. Seems like a good environment for indie. Could you well, imagine if Valve used their power for good and just published a bunch of indie games? Rather than just hire the teams for indie games and then yeah. make them not do anything. Yeah. Like Valve could easily become the biggest indie game publisher. Well, they are. On the planet. <laughs> they already are. They publish everyone's indie game if, as long as they've got a well, hundred bucks. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. what it's called. Yeah. It, which, I mean, they could be like a, an angel investor for every. Uh, inspiring and slightly more than no hoping indie developer in the world yeah but uh, but then you'd have to curate things and they can't be bothered there's something to be said for the attitude of just i ah, just give a platform for everything that's like the baseline the foundation as long as it's all out there you can and everything else is just on the individual developer to boost their profile by uh, doing whatever they can I mean, there's something to be said for Steam as just a platform where you can put anything out on, and then it's the job of everything else to like weed, like weed out the chaff. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, there used to didn't used to be the case. It used to be the case that uh, you just couldn't put out your game. You just put it available for free download or something. Yeah. But if there's a centralized place where every game can come, that's on paper a good foundational thing to have in the world of uh, truly. Uh, free independent development. I feel like it needs to be every game with an asterisk, though. There, there needs to be some someone to be like, ah, this doesn't need to be on here. Like, we don't... Well, we who's, don't to, to who's to say that anime porn game wouldn't have some kind of important artistic status? I mean, what's that That's anime true. porn game that people keep recommending to me? Hoonie Furry Pop. Hitler. Hoonie Pop, I was thinking of. Hoonie Pop? Is it like yeah. Hoonin, like Australia? I don't know. Apparently, that speaks to some people to the point that they'll uh, keep bringing it up. There you go. You can't Classic judge. Pop. 
Yeah, there, people, there are people who probably have like very positive personal memories associated with, I don't know, Wet Attack, the little known horrible uh, German porn adventure game from the late 90s. Maybe, like, they were, maybe they played that game and it distracted them from the uh, hideous deaths of their parents from uh, dementia and uh, terminal cancer. And maybe that was the one game they had and that and uh, that helped distract them from the horror of their everyday life. And now that game is important to them. You can't take that away from them. I would never. Everything's got to have some kind of, uh, you know, subjective uh, meaning to at least someone. I think that's beautiful. Who who are we I'm to sorry, say I, what deserves to be given a platform and what does not? Did you did you just Google? That's literally our job. Our job is platforming and choosing what we platform. Did you just Google wet attack? Is that why you seem discombobulated? I was trying to find out where Hootie Pop was. Okay. Apparently, it's Honey Pop. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what Hootie Pop. Well, why was. is it spelled weird then? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I'm not making the porno games. I'm just playing them. Come to my mall. There's a whole store for porno games. It's right next to the Suncoast video. Is it a VR? Taco store? John's. What's that? Is it a VR? Like a virtual store. You're going to add it to Second Life. Put I'm going to add it to this to the to the sad metaverse. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> 35 people in there paying money for digital real estate. Uh, Numjoy, member for 26 months, says, Do you think Valve will be good to dip their feet into publishing more? Could be interesting given their quality standards. Yes. Well, this yes, is what we're talking yes. about. I mean, when we say publishing, I guess what we mean is, as we say, like curation, like actually yeah. finding something they believe they can believe in. Yeah. And funding, yeah, funding, uh, funding a team with an interesting idea. I mean, Epic, like Epic is, is, Funding and publishing stuff like uh, like uh, Alan Wake Two, they're funding and publishing the next Fumito Ueda game, the creator of, of Eco and Child of the Colossus and Last yeah, Guardian. Back in, so back in the Xbox Three Sixty days, they used to have the Summer of Arcade, where they yeah uh, support and push uh, a brace of interesting indie titles. Yeah, and that helped. Uh, that that really helped uh, open the door for a lot of people to to see games like Braid and Meat Boy and Bastion and Limbo. Yeah, that was a lot of cool, like very. Uh, pioneering indie games yeah. that owe their profile to the Xbox Live Summer of Arcade. But I was always disappointed when the uh, Xbox One came out and they kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, that was a bummer. Harry Sun 94 gives five A-dollars. Says, speaking of someone that I want more games from, I have the post Obradin Blues after finally playing it. Any similar games you two would recommend? Uh, you might want to try Case the Golden Idol. That's oh, sort yeah. of got some pseudo Obradin sort of feels to it. I did yeah, warn you to pace yourself in my review of Obradin. Yeah. I did say so something once it's, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. It's a it's a puzzle that never changes, so you can only solve it once. So just play it yeah. for like an hour a night. Because you'll hate yourself if you don't. I'm happy that I have like a relatively shitty memory and that I'll be able to someday go back to it and forget everything about it. So like when I was a kid and place. played a lot of point click adventure games. It was difficult to find walkthroughs for them in the earliest days of the internet or the pre-internet. And sometimes I'd like find a walkthrough and be tempted to look at it and then like finish the adventure game in like two days, just checking everything yeah. I got stuck. And then I'd feel very disappointed with myself. I feel like yeah. you know, I was playing The Secret of Monkey Island for like a year because I had no access to a complete walkthrough. And like 
I just removed all the appeal for a game from me just because I had to look up the walkthrough every time I got stuck and finish the game in like three days. And I and then I'd hate myself. Yeah. And my mum wasn't gonna buy me any more games until my next birthday. Mom How could you? Yeah, that is funny. I, I feel like that it's like a it's a that's a double edged sword, right? It's like I don't like being frustrated, but at the same time, am I am I uh 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 myself of the joy of figuring something out when I get frustrated and if I'm stuck on something for twenty minutes, I'm like, I'm just gonna look it up. Sometimes all you need is just like to take a walk. Yeah. Take a walk I like being and have given a, a hint. I like a hint. Don't tell me what to do, but maybe just like a very subtle hint, which gives me a little bit of the dopamine of figuring it out, but um, removes some of the some of the frustration. Oh, you want one of the classic Sierra-style hint books where there's like a three different lines and you reveal them one at a time. A little bit, and yeah. And yeah. The first one's abstract, and the last one's just a full-on. Just the answer. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Extended Club Mix gives $10 and says Steam isn't holding people's money hostage with an unfinished Kickstarter campaign or Patreon. Not sure what their obligation or incentive is to just fill up their library with crap. Well, that's the tricky thing, isn't it? This is what sparked the whole debate. Obviously, Valve yeah. isn't under any obligation to put anything out. And we don't, you don't want them to just hash out stuff they don't have any passion for, just to have a presence. But at yeah. the same time, they used to be able to do it. Yeah. We were spoiled. Yeah. I think it's mostly like we know they're capable of it or yeah. the people that were there were capable of it. I don't know. Maybe like you said, like once you've once you've let the genie out of the bottle, it's tough to uh mm. you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, as they say. I don't know why I mentioned genies and toothpaste, but it's fine. Like I say, we're mixing our metaphors all over the place. That's idea. fine. As long as you don't mix your meats, everything's fine. Big Bear, member for one month in credit, says, Hello, Marty, you're looking well today. Keep it up, Hell handsome. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I will. I, uh, I don't know what my secret is. I took a shower an hour earlier, and so my hair wasn't wet. A lot of times I'll take a shower right before the stream, so my hair is still kind of wet and floppy. But I took it earlier, my hair dried, so it's got, it's got nice life to it. I take showers in the evening these days. Oh, look at that! I used to do it in the morning, but now I don't have the time because i got to get the kids breakfast. Mm. You can only shower once they're all in bed. Yeah. I, I mean, feel me, like I... Me, I, I feel yeah, like I, it would... If I had my choice, I'd still do it in the morning. It would make more sense to do it in the morning, to sure. wash off all the sleep gunk and be ready yeah. for the day. The sleep gunk? Yeah. Wash off all the night terrors. Oh, blimey, there's quite a lot of super chats after Yay. I scrolled down. John Connor, member for 16 months in tip jar, who says, one just under that, says, Valve's quality control for their own games should be mirrored in their game curation, like 1% more, maybe. I, I, I'm not asking for, for a lot. I'm asking for a little bit. Do you think... Just a smidge. How, do you think it's a reasonable ask to, for them to like hire like a sweatshop of ground-level testers and just get them to get at least one person to play every single game that comes out on steam for like at least two hours and then if it doesn't have any actual uh 
I mean, this is a big statement. If it doesn't have any like integrity as a work of art, but as I say, sure, who can judge that? Yeah, I, I feel like it's a it's a smell test, right? It's not a science. It's like, eh, yeah, we don't need this on here. And if you play it for a bit, I mean, how do you know it's not some like really underhanded, clever deconstructionist game where it pretends to be a really low effort, shitty sure. hack job, and then suddenly it's this vast cavalcade of wonder once you get past the first hour. Yeah. It does a it does a doki doki or a frog for actions and yeah and, like that like what they were trying yeah. to do with frog factions too yeah <clears throat> but anyway uh, Charla the Prinny gives two dollars and says this title is very remember when MTV played music well I'm sorry we're old I'm sorry we're old and remember when things were good yeah but this is when M- remember when MTV played music like 20 years ago so this was when that comment was still relevant I feel like remember when Valve ca- played uh, made games is still relevant honestly I prefer shit like Beavis and Butthead and Daria and all of that yeah. to a yeah. channel that would just play music I mean, yeah. obviously there's such a thing as middle ground but sure I think MTV uh, has some pretty solid output Suddenly the phrase pimp my ride flashed into my head and suddenly started making me lose faith in my own words, but never mind. (laughs) Anyway, Slow Descent gives 200 Norwegian kroner and says you'll have to pay me to get my opinion on Valve. Oh, no. I don't think you understand how this whole Super Chat thing works, Slow Descent. We'll give you a super refund. You get double double the money back. Yeah. I mean, how does that affect... are we just supposed to give the money back? Slow descent. You won't. Uh, you won't give your opinion on Valve without paying, but you'll pay us to give our opinion on your opinion. But now we know. Now we can't pressure slow descent anymore to give us the opinion because we know that they will only give the opinion. Man, the concept of value in late stage capitalism is fucked. Classic, classic late stage capitalism. Lance White gives a hundred asses. And says, I'm actually curious if Yahtzee likes the Alex Redcon as a longtime fan of Half-Life. That caught me by surprise and actually made me excited for the story going forward, if that's ever happening. Well, I suppose the fact that it probably isn't ever going forward sort of softens any interest one might have in that twist. Yeah. Do you think they should just let someone else do it? Well, I suppose... The question that that invites is, who is the person who declares what is canon in the Half-Life story? Who is the the way uh, George Lucas declared what is canon in Star Wars? Who is the sure. name one attaches to Half-Life? Because I don't think you could say Gabe Newell, because he's always just been a facilitator. Yeah. The story was written by Mark Laidlaw, and he's been out of the company for ages. He, like, yeah. published what, the story the rest of the story of Half-Life that he had in mind in, like, text yeah. form. Yeah. So he was, like, the, the all you really have in terms of an authority for what is Half-Life canon. So, really, it's at this point, it's like superhero comics. Literally anyone can write it, so who cares? Anything could be canon at this point. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
and I guess they've tried in the past. They've they've I mean, with some of those some of those original, you know, Gearbox has made some some Half-Life stories and there were attempts at like Arcane yes. making the Raven home game and things well, like Gearbox, that. Gearbox made Opposing Force. And yeah. there's always been a question mark hanging over whether Opposing Force is canon. Sure. I guess not, because it ends with Black Mesa getting nuked, and that doesn't factor into the story of Half-Life 2. Is that the only is Half-Life the only game series that really has those massive questions of of what's canon and not canon? I mean, I well, guess Star the Wars. fucking Zelda timeline and shit like that. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. With its extended universe that most yeah. of which was like heaped into the bin when Disney took over. I'm thinking it's I'm thinking something that's a, a video game first. There's plenty of, of canonical debates over comics and, and that kind of stuff. I guess there's very few stories that have been continuously told over decades. Metal Gear. Like, Metal, Metal Gear, Gear yeah. is a story that that's has been good... continuously told over decades. Rather impressive, really. Yeah, and I guess that's going to be one if inevitably Konami's going to try to make an original Metal Gear story without Kojima, and that'll be the moment where we're like, what's going on here? Well, like, they already ooh. did. They made Metal Gear survive, and nobody liked it. Yeah, that like kind of didn't count in my mind but it's gonna happen soon because they're they're releasing the metal gear collection they're releasing the remake of three like they're gonna this is this is all leading towards them making an original story featuring because so? for me it points to them like taking a leaf out of capcom's book and i'm just gonna remake all the ones people actually liked for the rest of their lives but capcom also does make the resident evil 7 8 and 9 so like they do both like i, I see this happening with with Konami especially, I see this happening with Silent Hill and with... I guess Silent Hill's been a mess of a story anyways forever, oh, yes. right? But it was always a sort of uh, anthology horror concept from Silent Hill 2 onwards because Silent Hill 2 had nothing to do with the story of the first game. Sure, because the story's just about the town. So yeah. it's, someone yeah. goes there and the town becomes whatever that person's nightmare pathos is. Yeah, which wasn't really the plot of Silent Hill 1. Silent Hill 1 was just... No evil dark cult turns this town into a shadow world it was only in two that they introduced the idea that silent hill fucks with people's heads and yeah. reflects their own internal psyches back at them which and i feel like gave them the the freedom to be like oh my god we can do whatever we want with this like this is incredible yeah but then like the games have tried to evoke both silent hill 2 and silent hill 1 and things have gotten very muddled silent hill 4 is one of my favorites but it's got it absolutely does not reflect the psyche of the main character no although it reflects the psyche of the main villain i suppose so yeah it does that i guess i yeah but every or game like more. every game after that was basically just trying to be silent Hill 2 again hey your yep. character did something bad and now the town reflects it yep i mean silent Hill 4 uh where you're the town reflects the bad things done by a completely different person to the protagonist that was like doing something interesting with the concept but then everyone sure. just mind went back to the same mind yeah and then everyone's like ah here's a big spooky physical manifestation of, of your guilt yeah here's our pyramid head yeah he's not he's not wearing a pyramid on his head so he's not pyramid head but he is basically just pyramid well, head. he's yeah functionally the same thing he is the manifestation of your dark side that yeah. takes the form of a huge man with a big weapon. Yep. But it's not Pyramid Head. Does nope, it, do you see a pyramid, pyramid on his head? head? No. It's very mad if you call him Pyramid Head. Now shut up about it. His name's Sphinx Dong. He's just hanging out and he's got a Sphinx on his dong. And on that 
delightful note, we move on. Josh Best gives 4.99. And oh, hang on, missed one. Robert Hobbs, member for three months in early access, says unrelated, but check out a space for the unbound. I heard I that. Would be doing that good. today, Robert Hobbs. I've got Remnant Two to get through. Remnant Two. I still think that game's made up. Nick keeps talking about that game. I refuse to believe it's real. I don't know what Remnant is. I don't know what a Remnant One is. I started on Remnant Two last week, uh, just to try it out to see if. I, I, whatever you're gonna on, say, don't bargo bust. I don't want you bargo busting. I'm, I ain't bargo busting, but uh, I remember quite liking Remnant One. And so far, I quite like what I've seen of Remnant 2. But as I say, I've only played a couple of hours. Feels like you're you're walking a knife's edge of Bargo busting. Well, fine. so what, frankly? Maybe I will Bargo bust. What are they going to do? Don't Bargo bust! Because I'm, I'm going to be associated with Bargo busting. What are they going to do? They're going to cry? What are you going to do? Not give me your next game? You need the traffic my videos will produce. You're you going, need me more than I need you, Remnant 2 developers. You're go, you're, you know where you're going? You're going to fucking video game jail, and you're sharing a cell with Mr. Yuji Naka himself. I am That's in video game going. jail. That's what this is. This box this, that my face is this in. Is, this is your video game, Silent Hill. The manifestation of your grief. I've heard A Space for the Unbound was very good. Uh, I've, I've wanted to play it. Um, they said it tonight. It's like uh, Earthbound plus to the moon. I've heard. Okay, then. Uh, Josh Best gives 499 says, uh, Zero Valve games were in my or any of my friends' libraries growing up. How does one fill that massive era of gaming lexicon nowadays? Love you, boys. Orange box. Well, maybe you should play Half Life, Josh Best. Yeah. Martin KC did for the first time, and apparently it holds up. Definitely play Portal. Portal 1 and 2 are wonderful. Yes, classics. Yeah. And FF2, very impressive. Yes, and, uh, you and Casey hadn't played them before before you started the stream series, right? And then after I, each, I, had, I had played them, Casey had not. And after you started each game, you've come to me and said, "Wow, those games are actually really good." And I said, "Yeah." Not episode one. Episode one, we did not like. Okay, that's fair enough. But Half Life, Half Life Two, and Episode Two have all been thumbs up. Sphere two thousand gives two euros and says, "I guess Gay Ben secretly likes Hunt Down the Freeman. Probably likes that it earns money, just because everyone yeah. wanted to see the train wreck." Exactly. Potato Hermit gives 250 somethings. Looks like a P with a line through it. And says, slightly something else has been my go to podcast while playing cozy games for a while now. Looking forward to AIN season three as well. Thanks for the awesome oh. content. As always, gents have some pesos. Oh, that's what they are. It says Philippine pesos. Oh, there you go. I didn't realize everyone, I didn't realize there were multiple pesos. I've been listening to Behind the Bastards lately in the world of yeah. podcasts. I was listening to that episode on Scott Adams. Oh. That guy was, uh, apparently he's been a weirdo for quite a long time. Yeah, and now he's just a mask off weirdo. He has a serious case of, uh, was top of the class in a small town and got this idea that he was an incredible genius from that. Yep. Even though by the standards of like the rest of humanity, he was sort of generally mediocre. Dilbert will not be allowed at my mall. You will he, not find a Dilbert store at my mall. He thought he was unique and special because he realized he was an atheist as a teen. And nobody else in his small town was as smart. No, no one was, no one was quite that smug as Scott Adams. Yes. No. And then he became Mr. Logic. Oh, no. Wait, wait. Uh, 
Counter, counter gives five euros. It says Yuji Naka managed to avoid jail time, but my guess is Yuji Naka gonna make games anymore. <laughs> I hadn't heard. Did they let him off? They said they postponed his jail sentence, which I don't know how that works. Does that like mean a like suspended sentence? A suspended sentence. Yeah. As I understand the suspended sentence, it's like okay, we won't throw you in jail now, but if you do another bad thing, it's straight back to oh, you. Oh, he's like on super parole. I think that's how it works. Uh, I think he's got like a million dollar fine. You know how you pay a million dollar fine? Uh, you whip you... up another. You whip up another Sonic the Hedgehog game. <laughs> I thought you were going to say remake Sonic 06 and put. I was going to say you use all that money you made from Insider Trading, perhaps. It's uh, Lightning Strikes Twice. Insider Trade again. No one gets caught for Insider Trading twice. And if you do, do, it's double double jeopardy. You can't get charged twice. If for you the get same caught crash. for Insider Trading, do you have to give the money back? I mean, how would they quantify how much the money you've got came from Insider Trading? Yeah, like ultimately, is the million dollars he has to pay? He's like, fine, because I, I still make out like a like a fiend in this deal. I mean, I'm kind of assuming that's the case. But anyway, is it million dollars or million yen? Because that's a big difference. Uh, it is. I believe it translates to a million dollars. It's something like a hundred million yen. Yeah, the rule of thumb is like a hundred yen to one dollar. It's not quite yeah. that, but I just moved the decimal point over twice. It yeah. just gives you a general idea. Yeah. Dr. Zebra gives $5 and says, here's five bucks. Buy something to make yourself look pretty for me and shake it. I think he's talking to you, Marty, since you, we've established you're the, you're the looker of the pair of us today. Oh, thank you. Um, I'll thank you slash how dare you, Dr. Zebra. If you want to see me shake it, just go and watch my old little Big Planet review. I filmed mean? a little video of me dancing around in my pants for a joke. <laughs> For a little big planet? Yeah. For a sort of non sequitur joke. Okay. How come you don't do skits in any of your any of your new reviews? I've always said if I could think of one that really made me laugh, I'd use it. But I haven't thought of one in a while. You know whose reviews on the Escapist are very clever? A lot of Darren's video reviews. For his Flash movie review, he him and Casey created this loop where he keeps having to go back in time to fix the to fix the review and then for his mission impossible one jack helped him edit it and it's edited like a like a like a the the dossier the tape that ethan hunt gets at the beginning of everything this is your mission should should you choose to accept it very clever stuff nice i just wanted to say darren's very good trouble with the gimmicks is that you kind of feel the pressure to keep coming up with new ones and uh, sooner or later you're gonna run out yeah I think you only the gimmick gimmick should be a, a tool that you only bust out when yeah. when it makes for special, sense for special occasions. Denmark in uh, who, who has been uh, helping shepherd uh, some of our YouTube short content and our TikTok content says Yahtzee's underpants dance coming soon to the shorts on YouTube and whatnot. <laughs> oh no! I see the guy getting... who got like hired as the sort of zero punctuation museum curator because correct correct we the ombudsman. To... We needed someone who knows an insane amount about my videos and which jokes were in what video. Correct. And they, they play that game anyway on the Discord, and apparently he's with yeah. the guy who kept winning. Correct. Trying to trying to uh, outfox each other with uh, increasingly obscure references to throwaway yeah. gags from like 20 years ago. Yeah. This is incredible, because I can't... People will be like, remember this joke from a month ago? And I will be like, I do not. I do yeah, not remember the, saying any of that. I delete half, everything from my head. Half the jokes I see in that zero punctuation out of context uh, sub Discord, I don't remember either. You're like, is this real? Is this yeah. not? Is this like an AI creating like 
Like, what was like, the reason for it? It was like my character with a fish on his head and the heart's coming out of the TV. I don't have a clue where that was from. What game do you think it was for? Do you think it was a fish-related game? Well, it could just as easily not be. That's the nature of my stream of consciousness delivery. No, no. No problem. You're across the bear. Sorry, I was checking the Discord page. Yeah, I know the last one. That's from the quarry. That's from like, that's a fairly recent one. Okay, yeah, it's easier. That was like last year. Anyway, uh, where are we? Robert Johnson gives twenty Canadian dollars and says, "Great to see you again, Marty. I missed your sense of humor and bright, lively eyes. As for Valve, they sell those handhelds at a loss, so it's pretty clear they like selling games." Hi, Yahtzee. Any word on next book? It's with the editor. Probably looking at getting the audio book recorded before the end of the year. Ooh. The third also, let me just say, installment of the Jacques McKeown trilogy. Robert Johnson, a very economical super chat. You, you uh, complimented me, which I'm pro. You got your thoughts on Valve, which is on topic. And you got an answer to a question out of Yahtzee. All in one super chat. Very, very well done, Robert Johnson. Yeah. That's how you do it, everyone. I also like how it was orange. It was nice how it was orange. Yeah, there's yes. certain certain colors. It's like Pavlovian. We see certain colors and we get excited because it's more money. Yep. We more money for us to invest in our mall. We're very money motivated. You know what they say? More more money, fewer problems. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, they say money is the root of all really good things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. The Piss Bandit, member for 23 months in bonus content. Says, hey, Yart, Marty, off topic, but what do you think of Transistor nowadays? It's praised so oh. much, personally, I just can't stand playing it. I remember very little about it, to be honest. I know it's isometric hack and slash, because that's what half of Supergiant's games are. Well, all of them are besides Pyre, Pyre. with that. Yeah. it's. Uh, I remember its core thing was you almost create a like these equations for your abilities and for your stats and stuff. Yeah, that was sort of the the character creation thing. Uh, I also haven't played it in a long time. I really loved the, uh, I loved the art style. I loved the music, and I got really, I got really into the combat. Gods uh, of combat. So I was pro. I think they're four for four. I, I love Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, and um, and Hades. See, I think they're very good at making games. I've always liked their stories, but I've always thought their gameplay is a little bit lacking. lacking. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't really sold me in the gameplay. I mean, I like the, the experimental spirit with a lot of it. Yeah. But I wasn't too big on Pyre's three-on-three basketball simulator. Religious religious basketball? Yeah. And Transistor didn't really light, set my trousers on either. I have, a, I have a side question. Do you think the Piss Bandit steals piss? Or, like, his calling card is he leaves piss at the scene of the crime? Or does he, like, sneak into, like, my toilet and, like scoop up the piss because he's not gonna get any because i flush every time without fail i assume it's like the wet bandits in home alone where after Sorry. he's foot burgled a house he floods the room with piss okay just wondering oh for okay someone chat you see fungus finder the con the last super chat was literally by someone named the piss bandit i didn't just bring up the term the piss bandit yes pay attention yeah. everyone yeah <clears throat> Fungus Finder gives two dollars and says Valve likely has the best standard in the industry. Standard. For if you don't make games, you don't have a standard anymore. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I think, I think that was the case in the past. Yeah, that would be like um, 
that would be like if you uh, played one baseball game, you one major league game, you got two hits on your two at bats, and then you said, "I am the greatest baseball player of all time because I have a, I have a one thousand batting average." There you go. Doesn't work. What have you done for me lately? Josh Best, welcome to Tip Jar. And then Hunter Roge with a lovely orange super chat. Ooh. Uh, that I will bask in for a moment. Who says, can't think of anything ad that hasn't already been said. Here's 20 bucks for SideQuest 3. Just finished binging Adventures Nigh. Looking forward to season three. Well, Hell, yeah. Be looking forward for much longer. It's out within days. Oh, my God. For members. For members. For the fancies, if you will. For the Green Gang and the patrons. Yeah, it's still out within days for everyone else. Just within more days. Everything's within days. We're going to die in days. Well, fair enough. Some of us fewer days than the others. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that was ominous. It's probably me. It's probably I'm just very sickly. I'm just always sick. I'm at the doctor all the time. Gleb Masovich gives six. I have literally never seen that currency symbol before. Looks Googling. like a dis- disassembled swastika. Uh, a shekel. Oh, okay. Well, that was unfortunate. Which is literally the opposite. Hey, swastika is a Hindu symbol. Oh, don't be one of those guys. <laughs> and says, feels like AAA has been going downhill since 2018. Well, welcome to five years ago, Gleb Masovich. That's what we've always been saying about it always forever. I'm going to blow your mind. Disagree. So many good games. So many good games out there. What look, do we got? You can, you, you, look, you can cherry pick titles and say every guess, every era has good games. Great games. Death Stranding. Boring. Luigi's Mansion. Fuck off. Luigi's Mansion 3. Sequel. Jedi Fallen Order slash Jedi Survivor. Star Wars. Control. Boring. Half-Life Alex. I did not play it. Uh, niche, so nobody played it. <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2. You love that game. Despicable game. Ghost of Tsushima. Boring. Final Fantasy VII Remake. A completely original game in the Final Fantasy VII series. Remake. Persona 5 Royal. Re-release. Psychonauts 2. Sequel. <laughs> Resident Evil Village. Not as good as Resident Evil 4. Hitman 3. Can we move on? Returnal. Boring. Ratchet and Clank. Clank. I don't know what the last one was called. A clank, Clanking Around. Metroid Dread. Rift Tears Pass. of the Kingdom. Elden Ring. Oh, what a game. Xenoblade, didn't play that one. Hi-Fi Rush came out earlier this year. Yeah, one game. Got some Diablo. We played that a couple weeks ago. Street Fighter, people people are kicking the shit out of things. Anyway. Torgle? Could you stop just listing games? We're in a a heyday. Triple A is doing doing fucking great. We got Starfield come up. We got the Spider-Man. Oh, boy. If that's that's the sort of thing you like. It is. I extended, actually, I, I have no interest in our extended club mix gives five dollars says how much time must pass after an artist makes something we love before we hate them for not following up well uh i i mean theoretically infinite as long as they don't put out anything bad yeah i mean at some point I mean, they you... die no sure. one's complaining to hp lovecraft that he hasn't put out anything out lately there's a lot of things to complain about H.P. Lovecraft. His output is not one of them. Uh, uh, he reneged on his racism on his deathbed. 
apparently. That doesn't, that's Catholic guilt. That doesn't count. Um, I don't think we hate, it's not, it's not we hate Valve. It's, we're disappointed that, um, that I think Lovecraft was an active racist. He wasn't in the Ku Klux Klan. He just never left his house and had some weird Passing. ideas about people, about the scary people he saw in the street below. Imagine if he had access to the internet. <laughs> you'd have a fun, you'd be on Charlie Kirk's show. He'd be Scott Adams now. He'd be that's, Scott that's Adams. Be. You know what Scott Adams loved to say? Oh, that originally the swastika was a Hindu symbol. That is definitely something Scott <laughs> that's Adams That's exactly the sort say. of thing I can expect Scott Adams to say these days. <laughs> Artemis. Not mad, mad at We're disappointed. Artemis gives $5, says, I'd be curious on your thoughts on the Entropy Zero fan games. Since he did a review of Hunt Down the Freeman, I think the contrast would be neat. I have never played the Entropy Zero fan games and know nothing about them. I don't know what Entropy Zero is. I've played plenty of Half-Life fan mods. I've played fucking Timeline. I've played fucking Timeline 2 Iced Earth. I've played fucking The Zeno Project. I've played fucking They Hunger. What are you? What? I don't know what any of these things are. I've played fucking US is this Star. Is this, is this how you felt when I just started naming AAA games? These were famous fan-made Half-Life mods. Some of them were released oh. for free on PC Gamer cover discs. Oh, I like Back in discs. the day. Oh, the day. You know what we're bringing back at my mall? There's a whole store that's just for demo discs. Again, it sounds like a VR mall in the metaverse. No, this one's different. It's next to the Nature Store. You remember the Nature Store? Do they sell plants? No, they sold like stuff. They had a lot of Beanie Babies. They had uh, glow-in-the-dark stars you could put on your ceiling. As a kid, I had glow-in-the-dark stars on my we ceiling. We went around all the malls in Wisconsin when we were there, and basically all of them just get by on shitty pop culture shops now. Like yeah, malls are sad now. That's why I need to come back. I need to give this energy to the mall. The malls will be great. Topic, a place that just sold framed pictures of anime characters. Yeah, there's a place that just like 3D prints statues. Yeah. That's all there is now. Yeah. Remember Sharper Image? That shit was crazy. You'd go in there and you'd be like, this is the future, but in store form. Just caters to bored nerds. Yeah. Like us. <clears throat> Nick, there would absolutely be a Rainforest Cafe in Minimal. Are you kidding? Entire center Mad would be the Rainforest Cafe. Mad Cowboy, a member for 13 months in early access. Mm, thank you very much, Mad Cowboy. Thank you, Mad Cowboy. And then Slow Descent gives 20 Norwegian Kroner and says, Keep the money, good chat. We've, I think we, I think we might have skipped some. Did we? Uh, uh, we did. Uh, oh, yes. yes. Starting at Artemis, and then Dr. Zebra, oh, and then yes, Alex. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, okay. the chat did that thing it did where it scrolls when I don't want it to. Understandable. Dr. Zebra gives $5. Just remember the LucasArts tip hotline. That got me through Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. See, the ideal situation you want to be in, in terms of putting out enough games to have a presence, would be LucasArts in the 90s. Uh, mm -hmm. When they put out, every now and again, a point-and-click adventure game, and they were always good. They were always good, yeah. Up, up until Grim Fandango, I'd say. Because uh, the counterpoint was Sierra, who just put out like 19 adventure games a year, and most of them were yeah. shit. Yeah. That's, that's Wait, the you said up until you, Grim Fandango uh, is is included in the good, correct? Yeah, Grim Fandango is good. Okay, good. And then after that, uh, I think all they put out was Escape from Monkey Island, and then they basically put a lid on their adventure game making. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tim Schafer left and formed formed 
double fine, fine. so that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And then it was just all Star Wars all the time. Yeah. See, that's what, what you a, want. I mean, LucasArts was what you were talking about. They were uh, they had all this money from Star Wars. They just said, hey, let's fund interesting game ideas. And they put yeah. out all these interesting adventure games like Secret of Monkey Island and Maniac Mansion and Loom and... Uh, See, Fall, George Fall Lucas was doing it right. George yeah. Lucas was doing it right. Maybe and that was said, one of his no. hobbies he picked. They said, no, we're not interested in pushing artistic <laughs> integrity. Now we're just going to make Star Wars games. Well, not when you say it like that. Alex Armstrong gives five dollars. Says, while I understand and like the comedy in Portal Two, I have trouble understanding the in comedy in Portal One. It seems more serious and straightforward to me. It's called deadpan, Alex Armstrong. Look it's it up. It's very deadpan. Yeah, it is. You're, maybe um, you're just not clever enough to understand. Whoa, Alex! I think you're incredibly clever. I think you're the most clever boy I've ever met. You said watch um, some classic yeah. British sitcoms. You said watch Blackadder. Is this going to be the time you just name? This is why I named a bunch of those games, because you do that thing where you bring up a bunch of British shows that I'm like 50% certain aren't real. You should watch Blackadder. You should watch uh, Faulty Towers. I already saw Black Adam. I went to the theaters and saw Black Adam. Black Adder. That was a little Black Adam joke for you guys. I see. A rock. You should watch uh, Black Books. Speaking of black things, you should watch Father Ted. You should watch The IT Crowd. You should watch uh, Spaced. You should watch... Inspector Space Time. I saw Space. That's the Edgar Wright one, right? That they did before, before yes, the, Shaun of the uh, Dead. I saw that. Precursor to Shaun of the Dead and all those things. I saw that. I saw that. You did should one. watch... Did, did I mention Peep Show? You did not mention Peep Show. It bears repeating. Peep Show. You should watch yeah. Murder Most Horrid. Oh. You should watch Bottom. You should watch The Young Ones. You should I watch like Filthy this, this Rich and Cat Flap. This is fuck off. That's not real. You can't be you can't be trying to trick me with Filthy Rich and Cat Flap. That just sounds like an anime. Look it up, asshole. There's, there's a new isekai about a man who gets reincarnated as a as vending a cat machine. Flap? As a vending machine. Oh, okay. I don't know what I don't know what he's gonna do as a vending machine. I don't That's know how a, he's gonna get out of that predicament. I've got a joke in Starstruck Vagabond where a dude has his consciousness transferred to a vending machine. Fucking let's get on let's get on the call with some they, of these gamers lawyers. Let's they, let's fly to Japan. They ripped me off. I'm telling you. Let's go. Let's go. Uh I think you you missed a super chat from earlier from Artemis. Five dollars. Uh to be fair, I have played some porn games and they had some pretty good stories. Katawa Shoujo actually has a really health, heartfelt story about disabilities. Was that a porn game? Or was that just a, a dating sim? Because there's a difference. Maybe if you date well enough you get pornos i'm aware of katawa shoju it was based on like a piece of concept art someone made for a anime dating sim where every every girl every waifu had some kind of disability like there was a oh. deaf girl there was one with like burns covering her face one who was like a thalidomide baby uh-huh. and then someone Fair actually enough. made it at some point just because they thought the concept was so strong it has I a don't f- it, it is a very long wikipedia page but i don't think it was porn there's plenty okay. of non-pornographic dating sims that uh, that the Japanese put out. It's weird. It's like how they have those maid cafes where you pay people, pay girls to pretend to be friends with you and not sure. have sex with you. Sure. Which seems uh, kind of ass backwards to me. On the Wikipedia page, the soundtrack is uh, lauded for its use of saxophone. 
What? Which saxophone is the instrument uh, I associate the most with pornos and Who the fuck lauded it enough that it became worth mentioning on the Wikipedia page? Someone who loves possibly porno and saxophones. I'm going to guess off the top of my head, this is one of those Wikipedia pages with like 900 disclaimers at the top saying this probably (laughs) needs a bit more of editing because it's been like patented by weebs over the years. Well done, weebs. Well done. Am I right? Is, does it have a lot of disclaimers at the top? Add a little, add, add one disclaimer at the top. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Sup gives ten dollars. Says, "What does Valve do now other than Steam? Do they have any non-gaming projects, or do they wibble, twiddle their thumbs mostly? They must be doing something in between everything." I mean, I imagine the Half-Life Alex team is working on something else that only came out. Yeah, but they'll never tell us about now. them because they might. Uh, pull a Team Fortress 2 and decide they're just going to scrap the whole project and start again out of nowhere or just not restart it at all because they can't be bothered because that's what they do they're restless passionate creatives at least the ones the like the creative people they hire are yeah. I tell you while I was visiting their studios they put me through their interview process for new hires you have mentioned that before and you said it was uh, what, what was one of one of the things was you had to do something on the fly on a whiteboard right it was nerve-wracking shit I tell you because yeah. you know at least back then with the position they were in, with the orange box having just come out, they could hire anyone in the world. Sure. So uh, they had very high standards for who they did hire. So the interview process was like a week long. They just put me together with a bunch of different individuals with different specializations. And sometimes they, we'd just have a chat. But sometimes uh, they'd put me in a room with like a couple of level designers and they'd say, here's a, here's a whiteboard marker, here's a whiteboard. Uh, design a level for Half-Life 3, go. Um, that was nerve-wracking but i think adrenaline adrenaline pushed me through it because they said they were actually really impressed by my performance on that uh area of the interview did the level have like an interesting hook like uh well not to brag but uh in like the summing up afterwards in my conversation with gabe newell they said like they have like dudes already working there who didn't pass that test quite as well as i did you should have went out under the office floor and Stolen someone's chair. I'm like, this is my chair now. Yeah. Then you too could have worked on something that never came out. Oh, the road not taken. Who knows oh, what could oh. have happened if I ditched YouTube video game reviews to work for Valve back in 2008. Yuji Naka would still be on the streets committing crimes like the Joker. Probably. I don't know how that, that works, but it would it'd be fine. Who knows where I'd be? But no, I like... Uh, Veered more towards the stability that sticking with zero punctuation gave me. You probably I think, you probably wouldn't have your family, right? You probably would have had to move up to Kirkland right, or right. Bellevue was, or whichever place there was. And you know, from what we're hearing about Valve these days, I probably wouldn't have been very happy if they like no. what I was doing was making prototypes that never actually got turned into anything. Maybe maybe your your spirit could have helped them across the finish line though. Maybe I could have been the change I wanted to see in the world. Beautiful. Billy Zane titanic uh right this is where we were so yes alex Alex armstrong Armstrong gives two dollars and says they are remaking sonic 06 marty project 06 i mean they as in an official remake i know project 06 is a fan remake and they're they're making each character's campaign one at a time just let it let it die as a different let it die as a different game yes yes i'm sure someone will remake that as well at some point (laughs) just accept there was a really really bad sonic game I mean, just one. They never made. A, they never made the, another. It's more the rule than the exception with Sonic, really. 
man, I not a day goes by that I don't think about Sonic Frontiers. I know. I'm so excited for what happens next. Uh, fill my ass up. Well, that's what happens next. Is what happens. Gives fifteen Norwegian kroner. Says, "What are the odds Steam becomes the next new grounds due to lack of quality control?" Well, Steam feels too big to too big to fail, right? Yeah, and of course, new grounds sort of failed after everyone stopped using Flash. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen to Steam. Windows executables kind of universal, really. Yeah, I can't imagine like if Epic and their infinite money couldn't make that much of a dent in Steam's market share. Um, there's always going to be little guys who are going to be your gogs and everything, but uh, hmm. I think Steam is ultimately the, the town square. Uh, Fungus Finder gives $2 and says, That butt with eyes, it haunts my dreams, Yahtzee. In reference to the sequence from my little Big Planet review where I dance around in my pants. Okay. I'm glad you uh, spelled that out because I did not know what that was in reference to and it was very strange to me. Andrew Hickenbottom, member for 38 months in early access, says, I have COVID for the first time ever. Rip me. Oh, no. I've had I'm COVID. I'm sorry to hear that, Andrew. We've all had COVID. You're not special, Andrew Hickenbottom. No, Andrew, you're kind of special for, for lasting this long. I had like the last one in the mono 20. last week, although it turns out it wasn't mono. No, no, it's, you can't say it was possibly mono. It wasn't mono. Okay. It was still the worst headache I've ever had in my life. It was stereo. Hey. Anyway, we'll week. Yeah, that had, a, that had a, a migraine like that. That's 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 no joke. Yeah, especially since I have no better. history of migraines. Yeah. My that's... first thought anytime I have something like that is always like, I am dying. Yes. I, I am, am dying. dying or either because of my brain will explode or I'm going to kill myself to make the pain stop. Yep, one that of the was, two. That was where I was on that day. Mm-hmm. Alex Armstrong gives $5. They're speaking of books. While we're glad to get the Jacques McKeown finale, I'm obsessed with Dida and where Mr. Teapot is. Hope the next book answers it and more. Oh, blimey. I've only begun to have the earliest smatterings of thoughts about the next Dida book. I have to, like, diagram some stuff out. Make a little flowchart for where all the character arcs are going. Do you make a little flowchart to, like, keep track of everything? I did for the last Dida book. I mean, I used to just sort of wing it, but Dita's like got so many characters, there's so many conflicting plot lines and story arcs. I have to sort of rein it in a bit. Understandable. Also, they're mystery stories, which have to be quite tightly controlled. You got everything's got to be leading towards the big reveal at the end. Yeah, you can't be leaving a lot of dangling threads and and sort of shaggy elements. Hmm. Mr. Protty gives $2, says, Either of you have any interest in Baldur's Gate 3? Not really. I never really liked or got into that kind of RPG when yeah. Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were things. Same. I know Nick is very excited. Uh, Tried to play which, Planescape which... Torment, got bored. I yeah, was, I appreciate I the writing. Really, in I heard it was really well written. I've heard people describe it as the best book you'll ever play. Again, that I didn't might want be... to read a book. I wanted to play a game. That also might be it was it was so well written for the compared to video games at the time. Well, that wasn't a high bar to clear. No, it was a very low time. bar. To clear. Yeah. Uh, PJ Doolin, member for eight months in early access, says which to watch first: Barbie, Oppenheimer, or Adventure is Nigh season three? Well, uh, well, Adventure is Nigh is Sun or Saturday, and Barbie and Oppenheimer start screening Thursday evening. Don't tell them that. We're in competition, apparently. 
Are we going to be bigger than Barbie and the new Christopher Nolan movie? Well, you know what Barbie doesn't have? It doesn't have a sassy, neutral, evil rogue who's also a bard, who's also a con artist. One of the main characters. That's probably Ken. That's Ryan Gosling. Ken. Who's also very clever. And Oppenheimer has one of those. Truman. That, uh, That perfectly describes Truman. Ah, but does Truman hang out with a huge cat? Big the, Big the Cat was his Secretary of Defense. Guess you'll have to watch Adventures Night Season 3 after all if you want all dun, dun, of those dun. things. Watch it all. Watch it all. Pull out your phone during Oppenheimer and watch Adventures Night Season 3 the way Christopher Nolan intended. Sup gives two Canadian dollars and says, Wait, has Yahtzee played a dating sim? Of course I've played dating sims. Sup? I'm a video. I'm a 15 year strong video game critic and a narrative specialist. Of course, I've Quite played evident. fucking dating sims. Wow, cusses! I used to play porny ones when I was a teenager. Yeah, hell yeah! Jerk off. <laughs> that is not going to be one of my stores in my mall. There's no jerking off in my mall. It is a it is a jerk free zone. You want to crank it? You crank it elsewhere. Well, they don't. Uh it openly that's how they creep in it starts with just like a dude who stands around the anime store and then runs off to the toilet an unusual amount of times then he he starts getting bold and just standing in front of the row of pictures with his hand in his pocket before you know it you just got lines of them jacking off with glee we're gonna have a we're gonna have a um sort of like a big brother an ai system that identifies crankers and we get it and it's gonna be like minority report pre-crankers and we're going to fucking arrest people in their beds because we know that they were planning to go to the mall and cranking today. Not in my mall. Not near my Orange Julius. Yeah, Second Life didn't intend to become a f- haven for furry sex either, but look what happened to they that. They didn't have me. They didn't have me. I got a hand on the wheel, a steady hand on the wheel that shakes a little bit because of the medication I take. But other than that, it's very steady. Like I once said when I was reviewing Dreams, you'll never hold back the masturbators. You'll never win against the masturbators because they've got all the stamina from masturbating so much. It's the, the physical manifestation of Manifest Destiny. That's what they called Ethan Hunt in one of his movies. Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, Watched IT Crowd, awkward comedy at times, but saw right. Liked how Richard Ayoade was almost Wheatley's VA. I do like Phoenix Knight's new K office. Yeah, IT Crowd's pretty good. A little bit tainted by the fact that Graham Linehan wrote it these days. Since uh, he's basically done the JK Rowling thing and uh, oh, no. told on himself on Twitter too much. Oh, no. Get off Twitter. Also stop being a bad person, but also get off Twitter. <clears throat> he was like one of the early adopters of Twitter. He was like one of the first big names on Twitter. And then... and now, Gives you brain worms. Uh, and then the future happened. Gives you brain worms. Isn't it a shame how the future has to keep insisting on happening like that? Uh, Fungus Finder gives $5 and says, Yahtzee, I think your singing in that Hatful dating sim minigame was phenomenal. Oh, that wasn't me singing. That was some stock music I found, you big cheeky boy. Martin, ah! you keeping up with One Piece? OMG, what's going to happen? I've seen zero episodes of One Piece. Um, Casey is the One Piece expert here. They're probably is that, gonna isn't do that some the pirate thing that's getting stuff? a live-action Netflix adaptation because it works it so bloody well for Cowboy Bebop? It is, yeah. Why do they keep making these shitty yeah, things? Yeah, they're doing and they're doing uh they're doing a um Avatar the Last Airbender again on Netflix. I mean, the pleasing thing about anime is that everyone looks, you know, pleasing to the eye because they're cartoons and fun. Live action people 
aren't like immediately and automatically pleasing to the eye. This isn't hard to understand. I don't know why it keeps happening. And don't get me started on Disney realistic remakes of The Lion King. <laughs> they call them live action. I'm like, none of these, these aren't real lions. You can't call yeah. this live action. Live action. I was, I was about to call it live action, but the sort of my brain rebelled at the last minute. So I went with realistic <laughs> I refuse, remake. I refuse to let those words leave your mouth. Uh, bucket list member for 38 months in early access says, what are your faves EP jokes? Ones you're proud of. I can't remember. Subscribe to the, to the escapist YouTube channel and check out our shorts. Ooh, those yeah. are ones people enjoy. That'll help. Thanks, Denmark. Yay. And Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, Toffee time, please. You've had plenty of toffee time. He's doing his own thing. Slightly, we're also, slight, we're, slightly out of shot. We're, we're very close to the end, we promise you. Last week was a shorty. We didn't have a lot to talk about. This week, hmm. lots to talk about. Yeah, this is banged on a bit. Yeah. Uh, a superb owner gives $5 and says, Yeah, it's quick. Summarize the plot of your favorite The IT Crowd episode for Marty, completely from memory. Go. Uh, uh, no. I was gonna. I was just gonna reach for my switch. Start playing the game. Can't be bothered. Can't the be one, arsed. The one where the dude jumps out the window. Oh, is that the? There's a. There's a gif. A famous gif of that, right? Yes, it's been gift. You've probably seen yeah. it. Yeah, I've seen some gifs. Here's Toffee. You're all happy now. Oh, look, it's the dog, Toffee. You might remember Toffee from such other episodes as other weeks. Yes, basically every week. Yeah. Because Toffee just likes to hang around me. Like a leech. I don't know why I said that about the dog. It's just a very nice dog. He's a sweetie. Well, Aww. that'll be it from us then, because that was the last of the Super Chats. I hope we all learned something about Valve today. By us, you know, Did we come to a conclusion? <laughs> uh, yeah, we said uh, that they have nowhere to innovate now that technology has plateaued and now they don't know what to do. Yes, and more money means fewer problems. Uh, Duncan Dixon Curry, member for two months of bonus content, says that is one adorable doggy. Yes, oh. he is. Duck, duck, duck. Not so much when he pees in the house. No, not at all. Uh, yes, so... That that'll be the end of today's podcast. So tune in for the in uh, a couple of hours for what? What's hidden the next gems. Hidden gems. Six p.m. Central. Hidden gems. Casey and Jesse are playing Stasis colon Bone Totem. I've never heard of that. Sounds like a dry heave scenario to me. Uh, but I think it's like a top-down spooky adventure game. Okay. Oh, I think I did yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah I think it came out earlier this year. I think we, we had it on a, a Escape of Showcase a couple of years back. Uh, and then, yeah, normal streams for the rest of the week. We'll have uh, tomorrow's recap will be all about Christopher Nolan, which uh, Darren <sighs> literally wrote a book. Attention? Darren literally wrote a book on Christopher Nolan. Did he? Quite literally. He wrote a book on Christopher Nolan. Yeah. He caught, I caught his article on the Dark Knight trilogy the other day. Oh, that was great. Takes a village. Darren's yeah. great. Um, so yeah, well, we should be doing uh, all of our normal streams this week. Um, what do you? What's what's your what's your ZP this week? What can folks look forward to on that front? Well, it'll be Final Fantasy 16 for non-members on YouTube and the stream. 
We'll probably like just start from the beginning of the game and get through all of like 0.1%. Joshua! First two hours of the game are very good. If you like that sort of thing. I do like that sort of thing. And uh, the, the video for members will be Dave the Diver to wet your appetites. Oh, what was that? A, was that a little joke? A little wet joke? Wet your appetites. W H E T. There's an H. There's an it, H. It means H. sharpen, as in whetstone. Did you know that? I did know that actually. I just, That's wet is an old make, word that means sharpen. Hence, sharpen I one's appetite. No, I did. I did not know. I knew it was W H E T. I did not know wet meant sharpen. I know a whetstone is used to sharpen things. It's exactly, Doctor Zebra. A wet attack. What does that mean? Referencing the game wet attack I referred to earlier. Oh, I already told you I'd fucking erase everything from my memory. It's like I'm a I'm a. What's the opposite of an elephant? An elephant never forgets. What what forgets often? Goldfish. A goldfish. Yeah, I'm a goldfish. That's the. I don't know how true it is, but the goldfish is the animal that's proverbial for forgetting stuff. Yeah. They're the, probably the happiest animal. Because if they're sad, they just forget they're sad. I don't think it's. You have a, I don't think it's true. I mean, no one knows if a goldfish remembers anything. You can't. You can interview a goldfish and ask them what's going on, and they're not going to tell you. Do you got a new? Uh, you got a new extra punctuation coming out? Probably for members. Um, yes, for members on Thursday. This one is on the subject that is tangentially related to Final Fantasy sixteen. Best dogs? Video game the, dogs? It's the avenue by which I reach the subject matter. Well, okay. Nick wanted something that some hot recent title could be stuck on the front of, so that that's sure. what I went with. Sure. It's always good to use something as a springboard. Toffee, stop showing everyone your butt, you rude Toffee. dog. For shame. He's sensed that we're going on a walk soon. Off you could feel it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Saturday, Adventures Night, premiering uh, for members and for patrons, uh, uh, Season 3. Holy smokes. <gasps> we're here. I haven't seen the first episode yet. I'm hoping Jack will post it on, like, the Eternal Slack at some point this week so Ooh. I can enjoy it. Because I really want to see how it turned out. I'm really excited to see it, too. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel so much different and more premium since you guys were I want to see how hideous I look in person. I'm sure you'll look great. And the Dogmatic Director comes in at the last minute with $2 and says, I'm late, but here's some money anyways. Thank oh, you, the Dogmatic Director. Okay. Better go now. Shit to do. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you for all of your support. Everyone have a good day and support your local malls. Bye. Don't support malls. They're dying. You'll oh, that's why you need to support them. You get stabbed in the car park. Don't do it. <laughs>